Hi everyone, this is Norman with our daily podcast, We Go For It, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring. This is Season 2, Episode 5, Season 2, The Underdogs. Episode 5, Why Do Some Underdogs Win and Others Fail? Now, it's interesting when I talk about underdogs winning and failing, I'm not really talking about a kind of person. I'm actually talking about a kind of experience. We've all failed at one time or another. And if we're going for something big, if we're going for something important to us, then there inevitably will be times when we failed, when we were not ready, when we didn't do certain things, when we had not reached a certain level of quote-unquote maturity, or simply we were just not at that point in our lives yet. So when I talk about failing or the underdogs failing, I'm talking about the underdog experience resulting in failure more than anything else. Not a person. Everybody can win and everybody can lose or fail. Now, through my experiences, the times that I've won, I've won big. The times that I've failed, I'm not really sure what the consequences are because I simply did not achieve what I said at the time was important for me. So I really don't know. But I do know how much my life has benefited by my succeeding in reaching some of my goals, in being an underdog and doing particular things. Now, why do some people fail? And when it does happen, what happened? Well, there are a few things. And I think the first thing is I I, I have my, my big 10 here, the big 10 points that we'll share today. And it'll be great to get your feedback, your points of view, your opinions on this, because I think that there is no complete answer. And there's also no complete set of reasons. We're going to talk about these 10 and take it from there. Number one, a lack of honesty with yourself about what you want and why. I believe that self-honesty is one of the most important practices that we can engage in on a regular basis. Being honest with ourselves about what we want and why we want it. And too often, we miss this critical first step and we're not completely honest with ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's because we just don't know we're not aware. We haven't explored really what we want. That's something where you might need some help. You might need help with a, from a coach, from a mentor, from a trusted older figure, a trusted colleague, a, a sibling. I don't know. Somebody who can look at you and look at your situation a little bit more objectively and help you understand some of the things you love and what you don't at least to get it going. Although, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's really going to have to be between you and you. Because that dialogue about, that honest dialogue, that only takes place between you and yourself. The second thing we have is too much concern for what others think. And that is a, that's almost as big as the first one, where we are overly concerned with what they will say, whoever they are. It could be family, friends, acquaintances, colleagues. 
And that holds a lot of us back. It not, not some, I don't know. I mean, hold us back. Maybe, maybe we continue to try and move forward or to act, but we act without this minus the same determination and passion. And may I say even joy, um, even when we're going for something we love, I think that the peer group, the peer group can be very, very uplifting or very, very daunting. So we have to be very careful who we surround ourselves with. And if we have not been able to to do that, to be careful about who we surround ourselves with, well then adjust, maybe spend less time with certain people, uh, try and spend more time with other people. These can be adjusted. It doesn't have to be completely black and white, but it is something to take into consideration and overthinking about what they might think about what we're doing. Number three, a lack of decision, a lack of commitment. You know, the word decision means to cut completely from. So when we make a decision, what we're really saying is we are cutting ourselves from any other possible options, from any other possible outcomes. We have made a decision. It's a commitment. It's not a whim. It's not a maybe. It's not a, how could I say, well, if it works out fine, if not, I'll try something different. No, it's I'm in it and I'm going to go for it and I'm going to get it. I made a decision. A decision is kind of like, how is it? Maybe I'm being exaggerating. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but if you're familiar with Harry Potter and the blood oath, I think it was in the, the Deathly Hallows where they make a blood promise or whatever, it's kind of like that, except it's between you and you. It's your decision, and you have to live with not keeping it. Not, you have to live with the inconsistency of saying that you've made a decision when, in fact, you were merely stating a preference. That's There's a big difference between the two, and it's important to make a decision, understanding what a decision is. It's a commitment. There is no other option. Number four, no love. No love. What do I mean by that? Well, love is to be in harmonious vibration with. And sometimes we go for things that we don't really want, that we are not in love with. We are not in harmony with. It's not part of who we are. I love teaching. I love working with people. I could be having the shittiest day. I could be having the worst day where everything seems to be falling apart. But as soon as I get in front of my my students, my clients, a person who I'm working on a project with, everything disappears. I don't have any problems anymore. I am so excited and focused on what they're trying to accomplish, on what we're trying to accomplish together. It just fills me. It, it, it's who I am. It's what I love to do. I love this material. I know it works and I love helping people reach their goals and live more fulfilling lives. It fills me. I'm doing this and uh, doing this consistently and it's not work. Love. Do you love what you've chosen? Do you love what you're doing? If you don't, I'm not saying just let go of everything, but you're going to have, you owe it to yourself to Start thinking about what it is that you love in an honest fashion. Because when you have that love, that harmony, then a lot of the things that we do that from the outside seem 
laborious, tiresome, defeating. They're not. We do them with joy. We do them with love. And that's how we continue to win moving forward, right? We're winning even in the process of falling forward. We're still winning because we love what we're doing. So, you know, it's an important one. Number five, a lack of understanding of natural laws and how they work. What comes out of that is that what what usually happens then is that we misuse natural law to our own detriment. You know, we have we have spoken about the different natural laws and we've got as an example the law of relativity. And quite often we use that law to compare ourselves quite unfairly with others comparing uh, experiences, comparing things, assets, comparing victories that they have that we don't. And we, we're, we're comparing apples and oranges. You know, if you, if, you are, if, you like, if you like playing baseball on Sundays and you're comparing the results of your playing, you know, uh, pickup games or fun games on Sunday, softball with your friends at the age of 50 to the great career of a Derek Jeter, well, Derek Jeter, for those of you coming from outside the United States, he's a, a Hall of Fame baseball player, played for the New York Yankees. And, you know, that's that's really unfair to compare what you do to, get to, what, to what Derek Jeter does if we're talking about baseball or to compare something you're really not good at with something that someone else... You need to use the laws to your benefit... And you need to use it to make sure that you understand that there are going to be certain things that you're simply not good at, but there are other things that you are. And in, and, and in that way, we will use the law of relativity, for example, in a way that's beneficial to us. Don't, don't foister false or, or, how could I say, weakening comparisons on yourself. That's wasting your time. You're hurting yourself. If you want to hurt yourself, okay, go ahead, be my guest. But if you're trying to move forward, if you've made a decision to change something significantly in your life, then then don't do that. Use the law of relativity to your benefit, but you have to understand how it works. So here we're talking about ignorance, not knowing the laws and not knowing how they work. How about number six? This is one of my favorites, especially from our previous episodes talking about my baseball story, a lack of understanding of Murphy's Law and Finnegal's corollary and their significance to achievement. Remember Murphy's Law. If something bad is going to happen, it's going to happen. And and Finnegal's corollary is when if something bad is going to happen, it's going to happen at the worst time. And it, it always seems to be that way, especially when we're going for some big things. And maybe it happens a lot, but it's, it's, it's when we're going for the big things that we notice it. But you have to understand that when you're going for something really big, something you've never done before, and it's going to require an enormous amount of effort, no small sacrifices along the way, etc., etc., it seems that right before you hit the big breakthrough in what you want is when you hit your worst obstacle. And your big breakthrough is hiding, waiting for you right behind that massive last obstacle that you're faced with. It just seems to work that way. And if you persevere, if you push forward through that obstacle, around it, whatever, you get to the other side and you find out that you're starting to win and 
the whole, how could I say, the whole dynamic seems to change. It's happened to me. It's happened to me uh, twice. I got two big ones there, two big experiences there uh, that really, really impacted my life because I stuck with them. And my victories came right beyond the biggest obstacles that were thrown up in front of me. It always seems to work that way. You must persist. Number seven, which leads me to not sticking with it long enough. You must stick with it. You cannot give up, particularly if you have made a decision, a decision to do, to be, to have whatever it is you say is important for you and for those that you serve. So, you know, quite often we give up too soon. I'm not saying to continue with something to the point where it hurts you permanently, where it, where it, where, or, or it costs you your life. No, absolutely not. I'm not saying that. Or that it hurts those around you. But more often than not, we give up too soon when faced with what from the outside would seem minor obstacles. Things that from the outside you say, well, it's, this is not so bad. And, they're pro- and most of the time they're not. And, you know, but we we stop, we allow them to not just slow us down, but to stop us completely in our tracks. And we mustn't allow that to happen. You must stick with it long enough. Most of the obstacles, most of the challenges, most of the discomfort that we face, it's manageable. And it's not something that should permanently stop us. No, it should not. Okay, let's go to number eight, a lack of focus. When I, when I refer to a lack of focus, I'm thinking about a lack of focused, sustained action. Sustained. Meaning that we know what we're doing, we know uh, why we're doing it, and we do it often enough, intensely enough, and long enough. And I believe that that type of focused action is what translates the thoughts, the feelings into discernible results. There's got to be action. It must be focused and it must be sustained. And that way, as we continue to grow, as we continue to move forward, this will build momentum. We will build a, what's that called again? It will compound and we will get to our results much more quickly and more completely. Number nine, a lack of faith. You know, faith is one of those things that needs to be born out of love. When we know that what we're going for is what we have to have because we are in harmony with it, then it's easier to have faith because we want to have faith. We want that thing. We must have it. So, it's easier to have faith. Now, when I talk about faith, there is a definition that I heard many, many, many years ago. We're talking probably about t- more than 20 years ago. It was a gentleman named Clarence Smithison who worked for World Books, and I heard about him through Bob Proctor's seminar back in 1988. And Clarence Smithison gave a really nice concise, clear definition of faith, and I'm going to share it with you, courtesy of Clarence Smithison and Bob Proctor, which is, faith is the ability to see the invisible, believe in the incredible, 
and this will permit you to receive what the masses call impossible. You see the invisible, you believe in the incredible, and you are able to receive what the masses call impossible. So, faith is, is really the antidote to doubt. And if there's one thing that in terms of our vibration, in terms of our actions, that is a poison, a poison, pure and simple, it's doubt. It's doubt. You cannot doubt. You must not doubt. And the way to avoid doubt is through faith. When I say doubt, it doesn't mean that you're not going to prepare different kinds of contingency plans as you're moving forward. And, and that I'm not saying not to have strategies and, and contingency plans. That's fine. Things can happen. Things can happen that might slow you down. And if we can avoid those or mitigate their effects, that's fantastic. I'm not, that's not a doubt, though. That's being pragmatic in your strategizing. When I say doubt, I mean a deep feeling inside where you say, you know something? Deep down, I know I can't do this. Deep down, I don't think this is going to happen. I faced it. I've been there. I've been face to face with doubt during some of the most crucial periods of my life where everything that I was you know, living for, everything that was so important for me was riding on my not having doubt. And so I had to control my thinking and just continue to say to myself, I know that I'm going to get what I want. It's out there somewhere. I have to find it. And I also had to get curious about my strategies. In this way, I was pushing any, any inkling of doubt out of my mind. Just a little bit in the system destroys the entire organism. So, lack of faith will bring about the opening for doubt to seep in. And you must avoid that in any way you can. Number 10, a lack of expectation. Expectation is really close to faith. Faith is can be blind. You don't see it physically, but you know you're going to get it because you have to. Expectation is where you're 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 waiting on it. You are literally you've literally prepared the ground for it. And there's this a parable, a story from the Bible that was told by John Canary during a Bob Proctor seminar back in the 80s that I, I, I just fell in love with. I love the way they explain so many of these principles. They are masters par excellence. And there was a story of Moses, taken from the Bible, leading the Israelites through the desert. And the Israelites came to him and said, you know, it was, it was really hard times. They were going through the desert. There was no water. And, you know, they went to Moses and they said, look, we don't have any water. And Moses said, look, you go pray to your God and you're going to get water. So away they went and back they came. And they said, uh, sorry, but Moses, uh, God has forsaken us. And he says, well, what are you talking about? Well, there's no rain. We haven't received any rain. And Moses said to them, well, uh, have you dug the ditches? And they say, what? Well, the, have you dug the ditches? If you knew that it was going to rain, you would have dug the ditches. You would have prepared the ground for the rain. So 
Expectation is kind of like digging the ditches. We prepare ourselves to receive that which we are working towards, that which we must have. Expectation is a knowing. I know it's going to happen. I might not be sure how or when, but I know that it will, and I'm going to continue moving forward until it does. And as I said in another podcast episode, the law of gestation Every every seed has an incubation period, a gestation period, and we just don't know when it comes to our dreams, our goals. We just don't know how long that period's going to be. So we need to keep moving forward. We need to keep on advancing, and we need to continue to expect, 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 and move forward and act. So guys, those are my 10 points, my 10 reasons why some underdogs fail. And I'm sure that, you know, sitting down with a a piece of paper and a pencil in front of you, you can come up with probably 20, 30, 40 more and add it to it, add it to the list. And I'd love to, to get some of your ideas. It's been a real pleasure sharing these ideas with you. I hope that maybe we can act on some of these and move closer to those things we say we really want. I wish you all a great day or a great evening, no matter where you are, whichever time zone you are gracing with your presence. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to sharing ideas with you again tomorrow. Take care, and bye-bye.